Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mac and Jazz Sports Show. We go live Thursday through Sunday, 8 to 10 a.m. This is our Friday edition. I'm your host, Mac, with your co-host, legendary Hall of Fame boxing writer Jack Hirsch. We're live on YouTube, we're live on Roku TV, and we're live on Facebook right now. We'll be on other platforms after the show as we share it to every known platform in the world, including our audio uh, platforms. Jack, today we got on the show NFL analyst Myron Williams, uh, Keith Angle from TGI Sports Talk, and the Philly sports guy. As we cover a lot of sports today, uh, a lot of big news in almost everything uh, from, of course, the March Madness to NFL signings to MLB signings, some information in the Major League Baseball uh, to uh, to NHL. So everything is up and ramped up and going, and uh, we're going to try and get it all out to the, the people as we go through all our guests today. So, Jack, we're going to start with the March Madness. March Madness, of course, is one of the highest played playoff uh, championship series in the country. Everybody seems to have a one bracket or many brackets, and everybody's making their little brackets up and comparing them. There's even money involved in some circumstances. And we watch as teams that we don't even know, players we don't even know, we kind of think we know better than 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 most. And, and sometimes we do. I mean, it's very hard today. We were talking before the show, Jack. It's very hard today to follow teams like we used to and players like we used to because a lot of them, especially in the big schools, leave early. So as you were saying before the show, Jack, and I agree with you, it's really hard to follow a Kentucky team or a Duke team or a, you know, Auburn team when the when three of the five players are gone in one year. I don't think that will ever change, Jack. I think that's the way it is now. Yeah, absolutely right, Mac. And it makes predicting who's going to win these games so much more difficult. When we had four-year players, we saw them develop. We had an idea of how good they truly were based on past performances. But now it's it's so much more of a crapshoot. I think William Gates some years ago offered $1 billion or so to anyone who could predict every single game in the NCAA tournament correctly, well, your chances of winning the lottery seem a lot better, you know, than picking each game. Right off the bat yesterday, a good number of people, you know, got eliminated. Very few people are left as far as picking every single game correct. And there are a bunch of games still left to go because it takes just one big upset like we had yesterday in the St. Peter's Kentucky game to right. throw everything out of whack. Right. And, and let's get into the scores really quick and uh, talk about t- today's games. And there's a boatload. Again, tomorrow there's a boatload until we get down uh, to the to the final four. So um, Michigan beats uh, Colorado State 75-63. Providence beats South Dakota 66-57. to Memphis 64. Boise State 53. Baylor moves on, beating Norfolk uh, State 85 to 49. Tennessee beats Longwood, whatever they are, 88 to 56. You have Richmond 67, Iowa 63. Gonzaga moves on, beating Georgia State. Um, North Carolina beats Marquette 95 to 63. New Mexico State in a little upset over UConn. Uh, they beat them. St. Peter's, as you was just saying, 
knocks the uh, Blue Blood Kentucky out of the uh, the competition, 85 to 79. Creighton beats South South Dakota State, 72 to 69. St. Mary's over Indiana, uh, 82 to 53. Arkansas beats Vermont, tight game, 75 to 71. One of my final four uh, predictors, UCLA, uh, gets by Akron. Murray State uh, beats San Francisco. Kansas 83, Texas Southern 56. In today's games, we have Ohio State versus Loyola of Chicago. We have Auburn at Jacksonville State, Texas Tech at Montana State, Yale at Purdue. Yale always seems to have a decent basketball team. Villanova at Delaware, uh, USC versus Miami of Florida, Notre Dame at Alabama, Virginia Tech at Texas, Chattanooga versus Illinois, Cal State at Duke, Iowa at LSU, Arizona versus Wright, UAB versus Houston, Michigan State versus Davidson, Colgate versus Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and TCU at Seton Hall. So a boatload of games beyond all day, Jack, on all different channels. So plenty of college basketball today. I think, Mac, the two sentimental favorites, sentimental, I'm, I'm ta- that's all I'm talking about. They're going to be Duke because it's Coach K's last dance, basically. But I don't think many people are predicting that Duke goes to the final four. And, of course, Gonzaga. Will Gonzaga, you know, finally get over the top? Something bothered me about their victory over Georgia State yesterday. They won by 21 points. 21 points is a very decisive victory under normal circumstances. But they were playing a 16th seed, and Gonzaga's a number one seed. And if Gonzaga's the powerhouse that we think they are, shouldn't they have completely demolished Georgia State? And I know you might say, what do you want, Jack? 21 points. Isn't that enough of a win? Yeah, under normal circumstances, of course. But if you look at the other top seeds, forgetting Kentucky, I mean, they ran over the opposition, like Baylor, for example, once by something like 36 points. Somehow you want Gonzaga to really uh, throw down the hammer. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, Jack, that it really doesn't matter that much until you get to the – as long as you win. And I, I understand what you're saying. You expect Gonzaga a Final Four pick, maybe a championship pick, just to destroy people. Uh, I wouldn't worry about that so much. As long as they win and they win comfortably, uh, as it gets closer, uh, they fine-tune. I mean, I see teams blow out other teams and then lose the following week. Um, that keeps Gonzaga right, I think. I'm not I'm not that worried about it. I think uh, 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 I would be more concerned if I was somebody like Auburn or Arkansas or teams that are favored by a lot as Kentucky was, to get caught. I, I don't know. If, do you think college kids uh, start reading their own news too, like the professional uh, professional players do, Jack? I mean, they go in, for instance, Kentucky, and they go into to St. Peter's and say, ah, this is this team is, you know, I didn't even know I were playing them. Do you think they do that? I think they're human. I think they look a little ahead. They look at the other league teams. Some people have actually picked Kentucky to win this tournament. Yeah. They were a little bit of a dark horse. And the players see that. They go on these websites and they see these Final Four predictions. 
and they see their name in the final four, and then they see whoever's making the prediction picking Kentucky to win it all. And even though it wasn't a lot of people, there was a sprinkling of opinion that Kentucky was going to be the national champion. And then they're playing such a low seed, a 16, you know, such a low seed like St. Peter's, I think a 15th seed. And they're not maybe as psyched for the game. I mean, they're kind of looking ahead. I mean, they're human. Teams look ahead. You know, we hear all this talk from coaches and players that they're not looking ahead, but of course they are. When have you ever heard, Mac, a player, a coach saying, no, we're looking ahead to the next game? You never hear, you've never heard that, okay? So what they say, they're just mouthing words when they ask the question. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you one thing about the game with St. Peter's. I mean, there were a lot of long, big three-point shots, you know, made at the end of the game. And you could talk about playing great defense and playing your heart out. But if a team is going to hit long three-point shots, you want them to take those long shots. But there's no answer. There's no defense for hot shooting. I mean, and that's what seemed to be going on with St. Peter's late in the game. They always seemed to hit a big shot when they needed it. Yeah, I, I watched the end of the game, and the, and the coach came out, and I would expect I was expecting the coach to be going crazy. You know, I've seen uh, coaches with teams that have upset huge teams, and they're all, you know, laughing and running around. This guy was so calm. I don't guy I, I forget the guy's name, but he was talking to the, re- the, the reporter there. He's like, yeah, I, you know, we I, I told him we we had a chance, and. You know, the, the kids do have chips on their shoulders. And some of these kids think they could play on t- Kentucky's team. And, he, and then he said, think they could play. It's like he gave the utmost respect to Kentucky. He talked about what a great program they were. But he also uh, talked about his team, of course. But, but Jack, he was calm. Like he just beat any other team out there, which I think trans, you know, uh, carries over to the team, right? I mean, if the gear coach is that calm after winning against Kentucky, uh, maybe they really believed they could beat Kentucky. Of course, they believed they could beat them or they wouldn't have, but maybe the coach had a lot to do with that. And that's what I thought was really interesting. You know what I love about the NCAA tournament, Mac, is looking over at the sidelines, the guys who are not in the game, and seeing their level of enthusiasm. I mean, the kids, they're having so much fun. You know what it means to these you know, kids to just be in the tournament, to get to experience it. You see them doing dances, hugging one another. And it's such a joy to watch. It's such a joy to see the joy that they're having. Okay. All right. So, so, yeah, yeah. Jack mentioned that uh, my assistant producer says Warren Buffett's um, offer of one billion is still valid. So, oh, I, I said William Gates, uh, Warren Buffett. Oh, the one billion dollars is still out there. I mean, who's going to get every single game? The only impossible. way you pick every single game, Mac, if you have no serious upsets. One yes. serious upset throws it off, and it's hard. Listen, we had number twelve seeds yesterday beating number five seeds. Sure, it's so hard to get it, Mac. Uh, Can you imagine someone has every game right and they're going all the way to the finals and then just missing that game? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. So there you go. go. So I'm getting odds thrown at me and everything. The the odds are a long way off. That's for sure. So um, 
Folks, I don't know. If, hey, listen, if anybody picks St. Peter's in their neck bracket, I guess they have a shot. And like you said, Jack, I mean, you got you don't you have some smaller upsets, you know. Uh, New Mexico State beat UConn. I mean that that was an it wasn't a big upset, but it was an upset. And you know you've got to have them kind of games too. That where you predict that it's I think is virtually impossible. But you know uh, who am I to say? Maybe somebody does get lucky. Well, out maybe there. the problem is sometimes with the seeding. Some of the teams obviously should be seeded near the top, and then you know sometimes it's just a couple of games during the regular season or the tournament leading in that kind of shake up the seating and they give a certain perception. I know it's supposed a few factors go into it. And one of them is strength of schedule another's reputation of the program. So sometimes you wonder how legitimate the seating really is. I mean, I, 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 I'm very interested. And I think Keith was on and he gave me like four different people or organizations involved in this, uh, the seating, I, I don't know how they do it because, you know, you got to win the conference to get in certain situations and you can have a losing record and then you're on the bubble. And, oh, I have no idea. I have no idea how they seed it, but it is sure a fun thing. So in NHL, uh, Jack, we'll go through that real quick. We had the Capitals beating the Blue Jackets 7-2, to two, the Stars beating the Canadians 4-3, to three, Toronto over the Hurricanes 3-2, to two, Flyers come from behind to beat the Predators, in the Battle of New York, the Islanders beat the Rangers 2-1. to one. The Penguins beat the Blues 3-2. to two. Oilers over Buffalo 6-1. to one. Kings beat the Sharks 6-zip. Detroit beats the Canucks 1-0. And the Knights finally get a win in the win column, uh, beating the Panthers 5-3. to three. So, folks, that's your energy. Well, we have on later right to Philly Sports Guy. Yeah, we'll, and we'll ask him to make a comment on Claude Garou. Right. He played his 1,000th game for the Philadelphia Flyers yesterday. He's only the second player in Flyer history to play that many games. The other was the great Bobby Clark. And the trade deadline is March 21st, so it's three days away. And they were mobbing Claude Carew. It was kind of like a farewell game for him because they anticipate he's going to be traded, right. you know, to a team that maybe has a chance to win a Stanley Cup. But considering he's been a flyer his whole career, and he's a legendary flyer whose number I would guess that they would be retiring, why move on from him altogether? Why not let him finish his Don career as a flyer? Maybe that's what he wants to do. They should sit down with them and have this discussion. Maybe they have. That's what Something I think. bothers me about certain players. You want to see them play their whole career with the team. But, it, you know, it seldom works out that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine they've had discussions with him, uh, ask him if he wanted to go to a competitive team. I mean, the Flyers, of course, this year and probably next year are not going to have a competitive team. So maybe they have talked to him about it. And, uh, I mean, I, I guess – I would be, if I was in his position, I would be kind of torn. I would want to finish out my career with the team I started with. But you also, you know, you think about business part of it, right? The salary cap. And if they are going to trade him, I would imagine they'll trade him to a place, uh, I would hope anyway, where the team has a chance. I don't know if he has a no trade clause. I don't know what his contract is. But I would imagine because of what he did for Philadelphia, they would try to get him on a competitive team. Well, I'm going to tell you, Mac, you know who I don't particularly care for, but I respect a great deal for the view he had was Reggie Miller, the Indiana Pacers. He played for the Pacers his whole career, but late in his career, 
they offered to trade him elsewhere to go to a team like the Lakers, the way Carl Malone went there, the way Gary Payton went there, to try to chase a ring, to get a ring. And Miller didn't want to go. He said it wouldn't have meant that much for him to just go and be a part-time player and, get, and be on a championship team. He wanted it to be with the Indiana Pacers. If it couldn't be with the Indiana Pacers, it wouldn't have meant that much yeah. to him. Yeah. And he was right. He was yeah. absolutely right. You spend your whole career somewhere, and then you just go somewhere else at the very end of it just for a championship. I, I don't like that. You know, if a yeah. team isn't going to meet your contract demands and you go elsewhere, then it's different. But to just chase a ring, I I don't like that at all, Mac. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, as a fan, I don't either. Uh, as a player, maybe I feel differently. I don't know if I've done everything I I could and and I've never got a ring and I've been close. I don't know if I'd do it. It would be yeah, I'd be torn. I'd really be torn. Jack, so in the NBA last year, a very defensive game last night, only one game, very defensive. The Pistons 134, the Magic's 120. Uh so you know the, the defense was a full blown last night. Um and other news, Steph Curry's MR uh we MRI results are under review. That's not good, Jack. You look at the MRI, you normally, you know, you say there's nothing wrong. Well, if they're reviewing it, there's probably something that they see that they that they probably have to take a closer look at. So uh, I don't know if they'll keep them out. The now, rest of the Go ahead, Jack. That was a result, Mac, when they played the Boston Celtics and Marcus Smart kind of hit them low. And after the game, the Warrior coach, Steve Kerr, who coached Marcus Smart, you know, in the past, you know, uh, I think in an international competition, he had a discussion with Marcus Smart about it. And he told him that's not how you go about doing it. Other people defended Marcus Smart, knowing he dives for everything. He plays the game hard. Yeah, yeah. But it's a sensitive thing. You can never go low with a player. I mean, it's inex inexcusable. I know you might be diving for a ball. But you really got to be careful as a defender that you never hit a guy when he's low. Yeah, I don't think he did it on purpose, Jack. I really don't. I think I don't think uh, he tried to. No, hurt. I don't think he was trying to injure him. Yeah. I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes you have to be a little bit careful there. You know, maybe there should be some rules in place as far as diving for ball. If you make contact with another player when you're diving low. It's considered a flagrant foul or whatever. You know, man, maybe there should be some rules in place. I don't know. I think we got enough rules, Jack, but maybe you're right. Who knows? MLB is talking about bringing back the guy on second and in extra innings, the ghost runner, right? So they're talking about doing this, and it's, it's, because, it's not because of the MLB, Jack. The player union reps, they did a survey, and it seems that – the majority of the players out there are heavily in favor of this. So they don't want to stay out there for five hours playing baseball. They'd rather have that going and having a guy on second uh, in extra innings. I don't like it, but what am I going to say? Mac, you can't let the extra game, the nine inning games are long enough. These extra inning games, the fans don't like them. The players don't like them. They're awful. I mean, I've seen games that have gone 18 innings. Yeah. 18 innings, extra innings. Imagine you lose an 18-inning game. What a waste of time, Mac. It's a complete waste of time. 
It's like staying an extra four hours in school to take a class to get extra credits and then find out you failed the course. And what the heck were you staying a whole semester for four extra hours? I mean, it's crazy, Mac. I mean, how long some of these games are lasting. And they've got to find a way to resolve it. Look, if a team can't legitimately win a game in nine innings, they shouldn't complain about whatever setup is over. Just win the game in nine innings. And if you just look at the stands, Mac, any extra inning game, look at how empty the stands become. That should be your answer as far as people having an interest in extra inning games. They, they don't. They don't want these games to linger on. And you've got to kind of put a cap on how long they last after. Well, I'm not talking about the playoffs you know, that's a little different matter. But during well, the regular well, season, well, Jack, then, then, then instead of doing that and changing how they score the game, why don't you let it end in a tie? I mean, why are we manufacturing? That's an idea. That's an why idea after 10 innings, maybe. Yeah. Why manufacture, idea, why manufacture runs? Why change the game? Just say, hey, it's a tie. I mean, they don't. it doesn't happen all the time. But, you know, the ties count. You know, that way, that way at least – uh, they get some resolve after so many innings, and they don't get a loss. So I, I mean, I don't see, but everybody has a problem with a tie. I, I don't get it, but that's you know whatever. I mean, you can't do it in the playoffs, but you know no, we have it in the NFL. Sure, I mean, they have overtime, but during the regular season, if a game goes one extra quarter and no one is ahead, it's a tie. Look, Ooh. this past season, the Detroit Lions and Pittsburgh Steelers played a tie. I agree. I don't see. I don't see what the big problems with ties. Backstage right now, Jack. We got NFL analyst Byron Williams coming on, talking some big news, and we got some big news, huge news in free agency. We'll start off with first, and of course, we'll go through all the free agency and football news with Byron. So let's bring him up. How you doing, Byron? Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What's up? Byron. What's up with the receivers and, and, and defensive pass rushers? I mean, it, man, they're flying around the league like 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 they have uh, you know like something's going on, man. I mean, it's crazy out there. Man, what a good time to be a free agent! I tell you, man, oh. it's, it's uh, these these teams are trying to position themselves to go to the big the big show, the Super Bowl. But free agency is uh, is really moving like like no other news ever in the history of the NFL. Like it's getting getting good. Yeah, I can't keep track, Byron. I mean, I just can't talk about all of it because so much is going on. I mean, I'm busy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this has been a big week. I mean, yes. ever since the free agents opened up, it's been breaking news here and there, everyday surprises. But, man, great for the players. It's exciting to see that. And and the, and the trades before free agent happened. It was, it's was it It's been crazy. So let's yeah. get to the biggest of the biggest, of course, Green Bay's wide receiver, right? You know, he said he wasn't going to play under the franchise tag. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets that record-breaking uh, uh, salary, and Green Bay just can't afford to pay, you know, two players $40, 50000000 million a year. It just It's not going to happen. No. So Devontae Adams, who said he wasn't going to play under the franchise tag, gets traded to the Raiders for a first and second round draft pick. Uh, two things, Byron. Mm-hmm. Two things. Devontae Adams was 30% of the Green Bay's offense last year. So it's going to hurt them. 
and the Raiders, the West, just the West alone. I mean, they're they're packed full over there right now. Everybody's going to the West except to the Chiefs. What do you think about all that? Man, I I just it's gonna be amazing to watch what happened this year. But can you imagine since 2016, Devontae Adams have had 69 touchdowns, 50 of those touchdowns in the red zone. So he's been more very productive. And and Aaron Rodgers, that's who he go to. Um, it's gonna be excited to see what happened. I would, if I were Derek Carr, I'd be so excited, you know, and uh, you know to have this type of weapon, and um, and just having you know having this type of player on the team. Guys, guys, Derek Carr was Devontae Adams' college quarterback. So this is a reunion. So that may have persuaded Devontae Adams to go to the Raiders because no matter what you think of Derek Carr as an NFL quarterback, you could attest to this firing. Devontae Adams' mindset would be, I know this guy. This is my quarterback. I had so much success in college with him. I'm reunited with my guy. You know, that's a great feeling, uh, also, you know, if you if you have to go elsewhere. Absolutely. That's a perfect fit. They've been knowing each other for years. And, you know, a reunion like this is great. So I, I think it's it's a match made in, you know, heaven, so to speak. So it's, it's really going to be good to see what happened with the Raiders this year. Raiders, Broncos, Chargers, all making huge moves, huge moves. Kansas City kind of staying pat. Well, so the Packers have two number one picks, two number two draft choices. I wouldn't be shocked if there's an elite receiving college oh, yeah. who they're eyeing that they might make some trade to move down and get him and he'll fill in, you know, Devontae Adams slot and, you know, and Aaron Rodgers will be happy and all and they wouldn't really miss a beat. You know, I would well, be yeah. shocked if that happens. I, don't, I, I think they're still going to miss a beat. There's no guarantee that draft pick is going to be close to Devontae Adams. So we know what Devontae Adams is. As far as a pro receiver, we don't know what any of these college receivers are. Um, so, I, as I said before, Byron, I think uh, Robert Butler said it. I think you said it, uh, that when a quarterback takes up that much salary, the team has to be very, very smart on the free agents they pick up, and they have to draft really well to keep that team competitive. We know Green Bay is going to win the division no matter what, but after that, we don't. So. These draft choices they get from the Raiders and, and the ones they have, they've got to be really good draft choices to keep Green Bay at that top-level team. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I was just looking at the, the receivers that came out the last couple of years, you know, Justin, Justin Jefferson yeah. and Jamar Chase. I mean, if you can find a receiver like that coming out of college, that's what you want. But ideally, you don't know what you're going to get in the draft, but – they do have some good top receivers. I think it's five or five to ten receivers that could probably make an immediate impact. But I don't know if they'll get over a thousand thousand yards their first year in the NFL. But it's, yeah. it's, it's it, it has happened. So we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, some great talent in this year's draft, which is exciting as well. I mean, if they pick up a Jamar Chase, they're they're all set. <laughs> they're probably like that. They're all set. You know, the, the Green Bay, as Jack said, will not miss a beat. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, Amari Cooper didn't take a salary cut. He didn't want to hear that. So uh, Dallas moved on from him. They shipped him to Cleveland. Now, yeah. Cleveland's really interesting now. I think Amari's sitting there saying, why didn't I take that salary cap? Because not only are they out of the Watson sweepstakes, Baker Mayfield wants out. He doesn't want to even know about Cleveland anymore. 
Uh, Cleveland says they're not going to trade him. I really don't believe they're not. I think they're going to uh, because you don't want an unhappy quarterback there. And I think they will want to move on from him anyway. But Cooper goes from having somebody throw to him uh, like a Dak Prescott to maybe a Heine, uh, not a Heineke, um, uh, the backup from for uh, for the uh, for the Browns. I can't remember his name right now, uh, but almost the same as having a Baker Mayfield. Uh, Jarvis Landry might be gone. Uh, Cleveland is in some turmoil, and then yeah, former- Jarvis Landry is going to be gone. I mean, I can't imagine him coming back to Cleveland. Me either. And 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 so so Cleveland still has a big running game, a good offensive line, a, a good defense, mm-hmm. but. When your quarterback uh, is up in the air like that, that hurts a team, Byron. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's just uh, right now it's it's kind of chaotic. You you want to keep all the chaos down, but man, Baker Mayfield, you know he he's he's really got upset this this week about them uh, interviewing Deshaun Watson and all that type of stuff. So interesting to see what's going to happen there. I mean, I, I I I just know last year, you know, everybody was putting Cleveland in the playoffs, and it, that didn't happen, and. Uh, so it's a lot. It's a lot of things happening in Cleveland for sure. You're gonna be interested to see what happens. I mean, let's say they don't move on from Baker Mayfield. Let's say Cleveland refuses to trade him. Uh, well, the relationship where could it go? Baker Mayfield one might not show up to training camp in the beginning, possibly. But even if he does, what type of leader can he possibly be? I mean, the other players around them know their quarterback wants out. So why would they be listening to him? How can he rally the troops? A guy who wants out, you know, how do you follow follow his leadership? He'd have none. Absolutely. I agree. I agree totally with that. It, right now, it, it's, it's something that they, they got to fix immediately. I think it's going to be something to put a lid on the team. Uh, you, you definitely want your quarterback situation to be, you know, to be perfect. And, you know, they are the key component of your team. And, and right now Baker is, uh, is not that person, I don't think. So they're going to have to either make some decisions here in the next week or two doing this free agency market or something, because, you know, a lot of good things are happening. So maybe they can consider making may, maybe a trade or something, but I don't know how many teams out there will want a Baker Mayfield right now. Yeah. I mean, they, they, uh, Cleveland came out and said they want a mature, uh, player to play at quarterback. I mean, that's that's some that them are some hard words going back and forth, and sometimes uh, people don't get over those words. Well, Indianapolis needs a quarterback. They have no one there right now, and that's where Baker Mayfield wants to go. So that would actually be a good fit for you know them and him. But Cleveland's not just going to give him away. And what does Indianapolis have to give in return? Okay, I mean, Cleveland wants to get value back in return. And New Orleans, if Deshaun Watson doesn't go there, I mean, you know, they would be interested, I'm sure, in Baker Mayfield. But again, what is Cleveland going to get back in return? Yeah, and plus, there's not too many teams out there looking for a quarterback anymore. I mean, a lot of these these places are really – fixing that position and so it's not it's, it's yeah and then that, the coast is probably the only team that will probably go to the table and talk about maybe acquiring him or something like that yeah and i mean listen hey the Colts have a decent team all right yeah. I mean, they got a good team i mean any quarterback going there uh and it, it might be a good fit for baker just to move and get a whole new new atmosphere new start so it might be it might be good it'd be good it's yeah, it's interesting play. to see what these teams can come well, up with i got a trade for you guys the carolina panthers 
give the sixth overall pick in the draft and Sam Donald to Cleveland for Baker Mayfield. I wouldn't do it if I were Carolina, but they might be intrigued enough. They might be willing to do that. And if I were Cleveland, I would jump on that. Yeah, I, that sounds really good. That, that really sounds good. Jack and his GM moves. Uh, pass rushers. Von Miller, of course, the Bills pick him up for good-sized contract. Khalif yep. Mack is – is back with the Raiders. Uh, Cox for for Raiders get like a hundred million dollars. Some a lot of that guaranteed, not all of it. I mean, pass rushers uh, are in high demand and making big dollars right now. Byron, man, amazing. It's, it's just the, the the pass rusher right now. You know, Challenge Jones went to the Raiders, and and like I said, Clement, Clement, Clement Mack went over to to the Chargers, and uh, big back with no Brandon Staley to hit the. the, the Linebacker coach that used to be in Chicago, so it's gonna be interesting. Uh, and uh, man, Buffalo Bills, I tell you, they look like they are ready to do exactly what the Rams did last year, and that's to win the Super Bowl. They they added some impact players, uh, they put a strategy together, and uh, you know, of course, we I'm excited to see what happened because these these rush defensive ends and the rush ends are they are the high, highlight news right now. I mean, you're talking about history being made in the national. National Football League in the free agent market. Yeah, Cole well, Beasley is going to be leaving the Bills, and uh, they released him. And you know, Mac and myself, Byron, got into a debate about Von Miller. I think he's really, really good. He's still in an All-Pro type player, but he's not quite the player he was. They said the same thing about LT in his last years. I kept hearing these commentators with these ridiculous comments saying he hasn't lost a thing. Lawrence Taylor was excellent at the end of his career, but he wasn't the same LT. And that's how I look at Von Miller. I mean, I just compared him alongside Aaron Donald last year. And Von Miller at his best was running close to neck and neck with Aaron Donald, very close at Von Miller's best. And you could tell Aaron Donald was one and Von Miller was 1A last year. And he's 32. The Bills are getting a player who's still going to be extremely good, but he's not the Von Miller we knew. That's what I was trying arguing with Mac about. Yeah, I mean, ever since he had that knee injury in, in, uh, a couple of years ago, that, that slowed him down. But he's still an impact player. Uh, teams going to have to put uh, uh, some type of strategy blocking pattern on this guy once he rushed but yeah he he really made an impact during during the playoff run for the Rams last year but yeah he's not the same no doubt but you know he's he definitely gonna make some things happen and gonna add value to the defense so yeah that, and that's what they need they need somebody that can turn some big plays around make some make some turnovers uh incredible sacks and he still got that kind of capacity but he's not the same but yeah, he he gonna he gonna bring value to the team, and plus uh, two Super Bowl winners. And uh, did you guys know that not too many guys have three Super Bowls from three different teams? So if he win a Super Bowl with the Bills, he'll be the only second guy to win three Super Bowls. And I think McMillan McMillan's the only guy who have won three Super Bowls with three different teams. Could be. I was, thinking, I was thinking him or Romanowski, one of the two. Uh, no, they, they 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 said McMillan uh, is yeah. the only guy, and yeah. so Vaughn Vaughn might have that uh, that chance if they if the Bills can win the Super Bowl, he'd be the second guy in the NFL history to win three Super Bowl with three different teams. 
Well, good for him. Hopefully, hopefully uh, he helps the uh, Bills defense because that's where they needed help last year. So if the Bills defense can – Well, I'm rooting for the Bills this year. I might put them in my uh, in my top top pick uh, for the big for the big mm-hmm. run this year. Oh, man, you're, you're way ahead of yourself here, Byron. Take it easy. You I know. Plenty, of time. I know. plenty of time. Plenty of time. I mean, you saw what happened with the Cardinals last year. Take it easy. <laughs> Let's just wait and see what happens. Yeah, how come most of the last season Byron was bragging when the Cardinals got off to that great stop most of the year? They were winning. They looked like the best team in the league. Byron kept saying, I told you, I told you, I told you. Then when they started falling apart, you didn't hear Byron say anything about them. I had to put a I had to put a donut in my mouth. <laughs> Speaking of leadership with your team, the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, he's not shown himself to be a leader there. I mean, how can the other players respect a guy like that, the way he seems to be acting? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's one of the things that I try to tell uh, players in their 20s. You know, you, you you got to go in and be humble, to keep, keep don't say a whole lot, just play the game and value yourself accordingly and you know, you can sometimes you can stick your feet in your mouth. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a true example of that. But you, you definitely, you know, got to be you know, you got to be humble and you got to be careful what to say around the media and so forth. And 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 players need to learn that because you can damage your career and then things can go south. So you you're exactly right. It's, let me let me throw a compliment to the the biggest pro in the NFL who handled himself like a professional last year was Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. They draft Trey Lance high. Everyone had Garoppolo out the door. He took it as a pro. He competed in camp. He yep. knew Trey Lance was the quarterback of the future, but he didn't let it affect him. He had a great attitude, respected Jimmy Garoppolo. Great example, no doubt, and and, and very valuable. And, and you know, wherever he decided to go, wherever he go, you know, he's going to bring that all that to, to that team, and that, that's what you want. And that's how you build – that's how you build winners. That's that's what's happened. That's that's a great example. Speaking of speaking of quarterbacks, two I want to talk about. First, Trubisky going to Pittsburgh. Now, I think Trubisky kind of got the short end of the stick. He was in a couple of playoff games with Chicago. Everybody mm-hmm. was saying how great he was. Then he has a he falls down next season, or I should say the Bears do, and then he starts getting blamed for everything, including how bad the team is playing. While the quarterback is a major piece, it's not the only piece. There's a big uh, uh, pull between the GM and head coach. They're not calling the right plays. And, you know, he wants to start somebody else. They want to go out and get, a, you know, another quarterback. They bring in Foles. I mean, it was it, that is probably one of the worst positions a young quarterback can be put in, right? First two years, you're in the playoffs. It looks like you're going good. And then all of a sudden, they, they, they start blaming them for the losses and stuff. And the head coach seems not to support them. Takes a little, uh, a little, little refuge. He goes over to the Buffalo Bills, becomes second string under Allen, learns what he can learn, and now he's got a chance again, Byron. Uh, yeah, and I'm excited for him because I, you know, I met him several years ago at the Super Bowl. Great guy, and I just think sometimes it's the right offense, the right philosophy, and then the players around him. I don't think they add enough value uh, for the players and, and and the things that they do in the offense. For us being able to utilize the other players, the tight end, the running back. So I, I when I look at that too, I think um some of the receivers got hurt uh during his during his time there with, with Chicago. So maybe you know he can get into the right system 
and then show what he can, you know, just show his talent and, and, and then maybe add some valuable players around him because the game of football is not by, by, the, by one player. It's about the combination and the chemistry of those players. And so uh, it's going to be a good shot in the arm for me going back, you know, on the, on the east side, east coast. And I think it'll be good. I think uh, it's going to be fun to watch what the Steelers does because the Steelers, you know, they always uh, be there in the playoff run, and they got some good coaches on that coaching staff as well. And if you think about it, the quarterbacks of the Steelers, for the most part, uh, they're kept and they're, they play. I mean, you go back to Bradshaw, uh, even O'Donnell for a while, and right. then, of course, you know, Ben. I mean, they're given they're given a good shot at playing and – you know, win or lose, and they seem to become successful uh, under their coaches, and they seem to become successful under their the way they do things there. So I, I wish Mitch all the luck in the world because I think he's a good kid, and I think he does. Can I just say something, guys? We're assuming that Mitch Trubisky is going to be their starter. Oh, I no don't doubt. believe Mike Tomlin promised him the starting job. He told him you're going to compete for the starting There's job. No Mason not- Rudolph looks better in training not- camp. Rudolph no, has been no. with them a while. Rudolph might start the season no, as the not even starter. Not even I don't think Rudolph can. No, nah, Rudolph can't compare to Mitch. No, no way. I, I don't. Step, but if you've had a guy, you drafted a guy in the third round the way the Steelers did Rudolph. He's been with them a few years. Sentimentally, you kind of want him to win the job. You want him to be the heir apparent. So I don't think they maybe closed the door on that because if they did, wouldn't they have moved on from Rudolph? No, you need no, I, just, I, think, I just still think too, though, Jack, that you, you still got to have two two good quarterbacks, uh, very dependable quarterbacks because of the way the injury bugs are in the NFL, but. I just think Mitch is going to be the guy. He's going to be the yeah. guy that they continue to build it, the offense around. That's mm-hmm. my that's my decision, my my opinion on that. I mean, well, even, Mike, even, 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 even Mike Tomlin said he wanted a mobile quarterback. And, and, and of course, Rudolph yep. is not that. And right. Trubisky, Trubisky is younger, has more talent. You could just see uh, if you watch the games that Rudolph plays in and and that uh, and that Trubisky played in. Now, Rudolph. Uh, Trubisky, it's not even a competition. Trubisky, yeah, it's like night and day. He can run. Yeah, yeah, Missed yeah. to take off on you. He, he and, he could, and he's got it. And he's got a cannon for an arm when he uses it. So I mean, it's just a matter of him, him fitting in there. And that's I don't I don't think he'll have any problem. He'll start. He'll open starting there. Yeah. No problem. And then another thing, Jack. How many how many third round quarterbacks you know to tear up the league in the National Football League? Uh, fourth round, the Zach Prescott. Kirk Cousins was a fourth round. Kirk Cousins ain't doing nothing. I wouldn't want Kirk. No, 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 not tearing it up, but he's been a starter his whole career, Kirk Cousins. And he's put in a lot of years already, and he was a fourth round selection. You know, that was a weird draft because that same year, RG3 was taken by the them Washington Redskins with the second overall pick in the draft. So what were they doing using a fourth-round pick on a quarterback? That puzzles me. It worked out for, you know, Washington doing that. Yeah. But that's really puzzling, you know, that they wouldn't use that on a position player. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. That's, that's good. Good notes. I want to make sure we get it all out there. So that's good. <laughs> Let me so, just say one last thing. Is still Max guy is Dwayne Haskins. If you left it up to Mac. 
they the Steelers should have just given I don't know Dwayne Haskins a starting job. I, I don't know. I have no idea what he's talking. You were talking high about Dwayne Haskins when he went to the Steelers that he might. Be I was. I, I was. I was replacing Big Ben. I was saying that the Dwayne Haskins had a big arm, and if he could, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers might be able to work with him, and maybe in that system he might be able to do good. But uh, as far as you know, you're talking about Dwayne Haskins being my guy. He was never my guy, Jack. I was just looking forward to seeing if the Steelers could do something with him, which they haven't been able to. So, so yeah, like he was how- highly rated. He was highly rated. I tell you, they thought he was going to be, you know, the next great thing in, in the National Football League for his quarterback. Yeah. So, it, you know, things a lot of things work out bad. New Orleans seems to be leading in the Watson uh, negotiations now. Of course, we know Watson still has those civil suits and – and a, a lot of stuff out there. Probably the NFL will probably suspend him or whatever uh, action they're going to take as soon as he becomes a starting quarterback. Uh, but um, you know, New Orleans, you got you got Kamara there. You got a, a a group of receivers there. You got a decent defense. I mean, I don't know if it helps them uh, catch Tampa, but it will be an improvement for sure, right? Yeah, I think it'd be an improvement because their defense is, is lights out. And so I, I think I think it, if they could bring him on there and bring him on the team and without all this off the field issues, I think uh uh the Saints would be uh be fit to go. I mean I, I can see them making a run at the playoffs and, and challenging Tampa Bay. So I, I think that'd be really good for, for New Orleans. No one's talking about the Alvin Kamara situation. That's very serious. Him punching a guy in the Las Vegas casino, his friends beating the guy to a pulp. That's yeah. very serious business. Yeah. They have it on videotape, but you don't hear the league talking about it. They're going to have to address that at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I was, like, shocked to see that happen and him being in the middle of that stuff. And, um, yeah, it's it's it's, not, it's out of character for him to, to be in something like that during the Super Bowl week. I mean, say the Pro Bowl week uh, that happened. So, yeah, it's going to be something to watch. The players they, have to learn to walk away from, you know, I don't know whether the, the guy made a remark or not, but even if he did, you have to somehow learn to walk away from it. It was all over. It was all over the elevator, Jack. Uh, but nothing good happens in Vegas. We don't know that. People, people are getting trouble <laughs> the time. Um, last thing for you, another receiver got signed, a big signing for the Rams. Uh, Robinson, Allen Robinson gets signed. For three years, forty-six point five million. Former Detroit Lion, Houston Texan. I mean, he's an older guy, Byron, uh, but is a very good receiver. It just adds to the Rams' arsenal. Oh yeah, it's it it, it really go um, you know make the Rams a uh, very very competitive up there with and uh, Allen Robinson bring a lot to the table. I mean, he got hurt last year, but he is a valuable receiver. And one of the top top receivers that you know that they come in and make an immediate impact and just add more value to the receiving core. Well, well, I, I'm confused about the numbers. They have Cup, they have Woods. They're great. Now, what happens to OBJ now? He's a free agent. No, He's no, but agent. is he coming back to the Rams? I mean, how badly do they want him back now? I mean, he can only have so so many receivers impact guys yeah he i just think he might go somewhere else on this free agent market i mean it's it's five guys that uh that looking for uh a, a contract and obj is one of those receivers so 
I'm thinking that now that they signed Allen Robinson, I think they uh, OBJ is probably going to be out. Reunion with the Giants possible? Maybe so. That that would be interesting. I think that would be that would be that would be stirring up some some good exciting news. I think the Giant fans would love that. Please don't get me going. Please don't get me. <laughs> um, it's better than Antonio Brown, Mac. If you have a choice yeah, between the two, yeah, give me OBJ. You can have them. You can have them both, Jack. Um, you got Jarvis Landry out there, Will Fuller, Shoe yes, yes, Shoe yes. Smith, yeah, and Julio sure. Jones. Those are the five receivers uh Frazier right there. Julio's ready to play for the flag football senior league pretty soon here. By Schuster's right. the um, best in the group. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, Byron, any NFL PA news updates? I know you've been there uh, at a couple meetings. Anything, anything big happening there for the players? Yeah, I, I mean, mostly, you know, we they was talking about uh, at the players' rep how good the the league is doing, um, uh, the newness and the lightness of, of of players' digital cards and and things like that off the field. Um, they they gonna pay about twenty five to twenty eight thousand dollars in union dues, and um, and then uh, one of the things that we did last night, we had our first. NFL uh, in-house uh, uh, meeting last night went well. And the Chicago rep, his name is Pat Scales. He's a long snapper, Jack. Uh, he's <laughs> a six or eight year for Chicago. He came out to our meeting last night. So we had a current player to, to help and, and talk about some things uh, at our meeting, So which was good. And, uh, and you know, right now the NFL is in a great position of, uh, profit and making money and, you know, uh, everything's controlled by the owners, but the players are is excited about these contracts that these players are signing now. One of the things we talked about last night is maybe uh, adding a little bit more benefit value to the retired player side. We had some older guys in there. Of course, they're going to be complaining, so we all are, of course, getting older. So definitely want to try to see what kind of benefits that they can add um, by the NFL signing a deal with um, these TV deals, you know, they maybe they can give us a little, little bit of that, that percentage, and so that's those are some of the things that we've been talking about. Yeah, long snappers, Byron, it's the way of the future. I'm telling you, long snapper, man. I'm telling you, the pad make about 1.2 million, so not bad. You know, not I bad. would like to see the NFL allow some of the lesser guys who can barely make a roster play in the XFL, the USFL, you know, make a little money doing that, keep their game sharp. I know there's the risk of injury, but I'm not talking about your main players like Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't want him quarterbacking one of those teams. But the lesser guys who might not make a roster, but they think have a good chance, you know, who are under contract, maybe release certain guys. Yeah, and um, the minimum salary next year is going to be uh, $705,000. And then the salary cap is jumped up to $208.5 million so for the salary cap. So they steady improving, increasing um, the minimum salary as well as the salary cap. You know, Byron, you know, everybody's excited about all these free agents and signings and stuff. But to me, it's kind of sad, too, because you got a lot of players uh, that – would stay with their teams and stuff like that if the salary cap and the and the offers. I I I would love to see some kind of new rule 
uh, that has players has to stay at one spot for a longer time. I mean, it's starting to look like fantasy football to me. You just go out there and you pick your team. And and to me, it's kind of a sad, it's turning the page on a real great time in the NFL that you actually, you know, you watch the Steelers and and you had, you know, me, Joe Green was there and, and Terry Bradshaw and Lynn Swan and John Stallworth. That was the, you saw them play their whole career is there. You're not seeing that as much anymore. Mac, Bobby Wagner, the Seattle Seahawks. He's That's kind of sad. He is Hall of Fame player, and now he's forced to move on being a sal- salary cap casualty. It's kind of it's kind of sad to me too, Byron. Yeah, it is. It is. That's 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 the sad part of the game. You know, these players have have made a living and and, and their career there. You know, like Emmitt Smith had to leave Dallas at the end of his career. Blah blah blah. It's really sad to see things like that happen. Yeah, and it's not so much. I mean, Emmitt Smith had a full career at Dallas, yeah. but a lot of these players were there three, four years, and just starting to you're just starting to get to know them. Emmitt just, Smith uh, didn't play his whole career at Dallas. He went to Arizona uh, at the I end said of he his had career. A, I said he had a good full career at Dallas, Jack. And oh, he yeah. played for 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 quite a long time, and he left because right. Dallas didn't want him anymore. But not today. You got a lot of players leaving as you're just starting to get to know them and root for them and having them on your team three, four, five years. And that's the sad part of, of it to me, you know. And, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully they can do something to change. I don't know if they can, but I would love to see something. Yeah, it it is it, free agent and change the whole concept of, of, of players staying in one place, and that's that is sad, you know. The players it's have some say. Speaking of the Giants, for example, Blake Martinez is coming back to the Giants. That slipped under the radar. That'll be big for their defense because not only is play on the field, but the leadership he provides. If players really want to make it work, too, I think they usually can. But I understand, you know, it's a business at the end of the day. And, you know, they're looking out for their family, trying to make get the best contract they can. But it's not always 100% on the team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Hey, Byron, again, thank you for coming in as you do every Friday. We have that draft show coming up 28 April. Hopefully, it's going to be at nighttime. Hopefully, we can get you in here for that, even if it's just for five or ten minutes. Give you your thoughts on the Giants draft picks and stuff like that. I'll be, I'll be in talk, talk. I'll talk, touch with you later, of course, about this stuff, folks. Okay. Byron Williams, NFL analyst for us. Also check him out in JMB Talking Shop every Wednesday with Jim Jeff Coat, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. Great show. Byron, again, thank you for coming in. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Take care, thank Byron. You. Okay. So there you go, folks. Byron Williams, our NFL analyst, always does a great job for us, Jack. Folks, we're going to take our first official timeout. On the other side, we'll be having Keith Angle. We'll be coming up talking, of course, he's all into college basketball on March Madness. We'll talk a little bit about the Yankees, too, with some interesting stuff has developed over there. So, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. It drives me crazy. Try her again. All right. Let's see if I can bring it up. All right. There we go. Yes, yes. I'm a cheetah banana, and I'm here to say I am the top banana in the world today. Now you know the best bananas in the land. So I'm a cheetah banana, and I'm here to say I am the top banana in the world today. 
So don't lay apart with an inferior brand. When it says cheap it's a very good day to buy bananas. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. I heard you want to be a Frito Bandido like me. You do? Then you must sing the Bandido song. Let's sing together. You just follow the bouncing Frito's corn chips bag. Ay, 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 ay. I am the Frito Bandido. Hey, I like Frito's corn chips. I love them, I do. I want Frito's corn chips. I'll get them from you. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, I am the Frito Bandito. Give me Frito's corn chips and I'll be your friend. The Frito Bandito, you must not offend. Now, boys and girls, you are Frito Bandidos too. You sing the Frito Bandito song and you look for crunchy Frito's corn chips. That's nice. Munch, 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 bunch of Frito's corn chips. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. It can. I called drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt that's what we expect from him. What have you said to tell Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink... How's he going to know? You think kids that age really listen? <laughs> they never admit it, Bill. But they hear more than you think. Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on live Thursday through Sunday, 8 to 10 a.m., live on YouTube, Roku TV, and Facebook. Of course, as we do every uh, every day, we update you on all the sports news, information. Uh, Friday's a good day because we have a lot of our guests in that share some of their opinions with me and Jack, uh, give a different perspective sometimes, and and sometimes uh, they they agree with us, which we like very much when they do that. But uh, it's good having all these guests on. Next up uh, in a few minutes will be Keith Angle from TGI Sports Talk. You know, Jack, as I was saying when Byron left, and I know I, I know it is what it is now in sports, and it's really in all sports except maybe hockey. I mean, they have big trades too, but um, you know, it it just seems like there's something missing now where you can't really. Uh, you know, root for your team as much as you used to. A lot of people root for players now. I understand why, because they move around so much and and their team isn't the same team they had last year. But it's hard for a fan of a team uh, to really get into their team anymore. I try to. I try to. Uh, I try to watch the Giants every t- chance I get. I work a lot, so I I'm at work looking at them, watching them, and and it's just it's so hard when the guy that was on the team last year that did a good job and in 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 saying the Giants uh, example anywhere, their defense was playing pretty good two years ago, but they got rid of a couple of players that really affected them. And then of course it fell apart and it's hard. It's hard for me. Uh, unlike when I was younger to root for my team, even when they're bad, it's just crazy to me now. Yeah. I mean, that carries over to most sports. Even we were talking about the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And when we used to have the four-year players and now the exceptional players, the great players often play no more than one year in college, and then they move on two years at most. And you like the familiarity, and especially with the NFL, one one player is going to one team, then he's on another team. They just move around. But the thing I think that bothers us is that the player's a good fit for the team he's on. He's been successful and then the team moves on from him at yeah. times because they can't fit fit in his salary under the cap. So the way it's set up, I mean, we like the days like with the New York Yankees, Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, Bernie Williams. They spent their whole career with the Yankees, Mariano Rivera. They were Yankees for their whole career. And you just don't have that, you know, uh, anymore to the extent. I mean, we might not mind it so much, if an athlete's with a team, let's say, 13 years, and then his 14th and 15th year, he goes elsewhere the last two years because he's no longer as good, but he wants to hang on and he doesn't want to retire. We right. can understand that. But the athletes are moving while they're practically in the prime of their career. And, you know, we, it's hard to identify with them when they, you know, with teams when that goes on. I agree. And Keith's been backstage. Welcome, Keith Angle, to the program. Uh, Turn your in. Thank you, guys. Sports talk. Uh, great show over there on the uh, on the Northeast Streaming Network. Uh, 
Keith does a great job over there. And Keith, you know, I know you've been listening, and I, you know, I, you're old school like us. And and just to you, real quick, before we press on with the other things, I mean, it's got to be the same same way with you, right? I mean, you miss the days. I would imagine, you know, whether your team was good or bad, you kind of form a bond with your team, right? Your players on your team, yep. uh, the ones that are getting better, and you could see some kind of growth and. You know, no matter how bad the Giants were, I used to love watching Ralph Heck and Fred Dreyer and Spider Lockhart and all these players. And I knew they weren't going to go to the playoffs, but I mean, I had a, a, some kind of relationship. It's hard to do that now. It's very hard. And uh, I mean, look at all you need is look at the Freddie Freeman situation is a perfect example, right? There's a guy who should have played his entire career in Atlanta and retired as a Brave. And that stuff just is not, it's going to be such an exception today. You know, the Derek Jeters, there's not going to be those guys anymore. And it is it is a shame for the home the home teams. It's a shame for the players in my mind. But, you know, again, it, it, the teams and, and the uh, uh, and the players both have, have just changed their whole philosophy. The teams don't care about that that type of uh, uh, situation anymore, the, having guys there as a, in their entire career. And the players, you know, are too often chasing money. Um and even if they deserve it and the home team may not be willing to give it to them, the home team doesn't care about, um, you know, keeping them around for the sake of uh, a legendary status with one team, which is a shame. Yeah. It's a it, is, shame. It, really, it really is, Keith. I mean, I mean, I know you were a fan of some Patriot teams that were pretty bad. Yeah. And, but still, I mean, you you know, you, you, you got to know the Rush Francis and the, you know, and the uh, Steve Grogan. You know, I've seen yeah. Grogan for, you know, 15 years. Yeah. Wear, dressed like a linebacker at the end of his yeah. career. Well, yeah. Let me just say, Mac, I mean, you gave great examples, except for Fred Dreyer. He went to the L.A. Rams. Yeah. He got traded. True. He had well, a lot some of guys did move around, and, right? But yeah. yeah, but you mentioned yeah. Keith, the Atlanta Braves. They're the least loyal organization maybe in all the sports, because look what happened with John Smoltz. He was there, what, about, seemed like 20 years, and then over, like, a a little sum of money, you know, they let him go to the Boston Red Sox, basically. Great point. I mean, it's, and is it about money? Because, you know, they signed Olsen to a huge contract. They could have brought Freeman back, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, there was some indecisiveness, and then the Braves didn't want to wait to see what he would do. And, yeah. and again, Again, I, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. Believe me, I get it. I just, you know, when you were, you, when you watch the Pittsburgh Steelers or you watch the Boston Celtics or you watch oh, good uh, you know, all these teams, th that was your team and that was your players. And it's kind of sad to me uh, whether whether it's good for the players or good for the game. I don't know. It looks like a bunch of, of guys playing fantasy football just picking players out right now. And it's it's kind of sad to me. But I know that's we ain't going back to the old way. Uh, no matter what. So, yeah, I agree. So, Keith, let's let's get into March Madness a little bit. The biggest surprise, of course, was St. Peter's uh, beating Kentucky. A lot of people had Kentucky at least get into the Final Four. A few picked them to win it. Um, goes to show you, man. See, I you know I talked to Jack about this a little bit. I I think especially at that level uh, that you go to see it. You're Kentucky. And you're going to play yeah. against St. Peter's, and uh, who cares? And and all of a sudden, at the end of the game, they're there, and and you make a mistake, or they make an unbelievable shot, and you're out. It's it's got to be crazy uh, going through something like that. It is, and it, 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 this also illustrates the point you were making previously, though, too, that these mid majors like St. Peter's, like St. Mary's, like Loyola Chicago, their kids 
stay. They don't have the superstars that are one and done. They've got experience, though. And when they get into this level of play, it kind of levels the playing field, and they've got a chance to compete against the more elite teams because the elite teams have greater player, better players in a lot of cases. I mean, you can't argue the fact that that player for player, Kentucky's more talented than St. Peter's, but St. Peter's is deep and, and experienced, and that that makes a big difference in this uh, situation of uh, the dance. So hitting those long three pointers didn't hurt. It was a great game, a lot of fun. I only had Kentucky. Yeah, I only had Kentucky going to Sweet 16, so I didn't mind St. Peter's knocking them out. And I I love to see those types of games. Uh, It was a lot of fun to watch. I I enjoyed it too because Matthew Matthew Lee is a point guard on uh, uh, St. Peter's, son of Butch Lee, who played on the Marquette Warriors and was national champions in 1977. And he's been on my show a few times, and he's a really great guy. So I I had a rooting interest there as well. Um, so it was a lot of fun to watch that game. If these replays are driving me crazy, late in the Kentucky game, they keep showing a replay over and over that was inconclusive. The refs ruled it would be Kentucky's ball. Finally, it seemed like on about the sixth, seventh replay, they showed the ball maybe touched the fingertip of the Kentucky play, and that was a key part of the game. That was the backbreaker for it was. Kentucky. These replays, and even one that's that conclusive at the end of the day. That one was conclusive, though, once they found that last shot. And they didn't, and again, even the, the, the networks didn't show that shot until, you know, after they were reviewing it for like, it seemed like an eternity. And I, you know, I agree that it kind of slows down and breaks the rhythm of the game, but you want to, the replay is there to get those calls right. And they made the right call in my mind in that. And I never saw that until the very last shot. It looked like it went off to St. Peter's player all the way. Until the very last shot, and you saw it hit the guy's finger, uh, I yeah. think very conclusively. But I don't know. I mean, replay is is kind of a sticky wicket for me in all sports. I mean, I think it gets used the wrong way in too many situations. It's supposed to change the egregious calls, not the bang bang calls, or the guy taking his foot off a base in baseball, and you had got to put a glove on. I mean, that's not what it's for, you know. But it, I'd rather just leave the human element in it and take the replay out of the games. But as we talked about before, Mac, we're not going backwards. The genie's no, out of the box. We're not. So let's get let's get to today's games real quick, Keith. Yep. Ohio, Ohio State is up uh, against Loyola, Chicago, Auburn at Jacksonville State, Texas Tech at Montana State, Yale at Purdue, Villanova at Delaware, USC versus Miami of Florida, Notre Dame at Alabama, Virginia Tech at Texas, Chattanooga at Illinois, Cal State at Duke, Iowa versus LSU, Arizona at Wright, UAB versus Houston, Michigan State at Davidson, Colgate, Wisconsin, and TCU, Seton Hall. Um, you see any any possible upsets? I mean, major upsets. I'm not talking about, you know, seven and eight or nine and yeah. six. I'm talking about major upsets. You see anything out there that that could happen that, that people are maybe looking past? I, I think you got to watch uh, UAB against uh, Houston today. That famous 12 and five matchup. Uh, UAB has got a really good team and I think Houston's overrated. I love what Calvin Sampson's done there with uh, Houston getting into final four last year, but they're not as good this year. Uh, they had some bad losses in conference and I think this team could be right for an upset. I do like, and it's not as big an upset. I like, but it will be in a second. I'll t- explain why I like Davidson over Michigan state today. Again, a, a, a deep team that the 18, the A-10 is better than people think it is. You saw it with Richmond yesterday, beating Iowa. Um, 
And I think Davidson's going to beat Michigan State, and I also think they're going to beat Duke in the second round. So that's that would be an upset. And I guess one other team I would tell you to keep an eye on here. These aren't big upsets, so I'm not going to throw that. I, I do think Loyola will beat Ohio State today myself. Uh, Loyola Chicago and then TCU. That's a 9-8 game. I'm not going to – I think it's a 9-8 game, Seton Hall and TCU. So that's not a big one. One thing I don't think will happen, but if there's somebody going to really shock the world today, watch Colgate uh, over Wisconsin. Colgate can shoot the ball, and they could easily get blown out too, right? But this is a team you got to be careful of. Uh, And a lot of these teams, Vermont gave Arkansas a run last night. Like I said, these teams are are seasoned – you get really good guard play and experienced uh, players throughout the lineup, and it levels the playing field against some of these bigger teams. And it's fun to watch. That's why I love this is a tournament like no other we have in sports, in my mind. I know you know, your dark horse was Murray State, and they just barely beat San Francisco, went into overtime. Yeah. And, you know, are you still as high on them as a potential dark horse? Uh, well, bust yesterday. they certainly get a break because now their next game is going to be against St. Peter's. They're not going to play Kentucky. So, yeah, I mean, the team could easily get to the Sweet 16, and that region might be the weakest of all. Uh, Purdue didn't play great down the stretch, and they'd be the favorite now to get to the Final Four. So I've got I've got St. Mary's actually in that, in that uh, bracket getting to the Elite Eight against Purdue myself. So St. Mary's is another team we talked about to watch out for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean – it's it's interesting to me. I don't know how people can do valid predictions in this stuff. I really uh, don't. Yeah. I, oh, I gave I, I gave my final four a couple of days ago, Keith, and it was it was Gonzaga, Arizona, UCLA, who scared the hell out of me yesterday, and Auburn. Yeah. So those were those were the four teams I picked. I'm still alive, but that's not going to last long. So I did I, lose one of my final four picks. I had Iowa in the final four, so I got. But I do have seven of eight alive in the elite eight, so that gives me some hope to be able to make up some ground here. But and I'm just, you know, I'm just I'm just picking. I I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just well, picking anybody that you I know think what so. you got, you know as much as the rest of us because obviously <laughs> nobody was picking St. Peter's to beat Kentucky. True, true, and of course UConn. The men lose. So as soon as the women lose, yeah, that's well. it for sports in Connecticut for yeah. the rest of the year. So that's it. We'll be done. Thank you. Um, Keith, let's let's turn to baseball a little bit. All right. The Yankees made some some trades. Some some experts didn't like. I don't know why. Uh, but it looks like they got their infield, right? Uh you got you got right now, you got third base, you got Donaldson, shortstop, you got Falafa, Falafa uh, second base, probably Lemieux and first base Rizzo. So that's probably your starting infield. Um, from what I've read, you know, I get the Yankee updates and and start spreading the news. They study the uh, Yankees inward and outward. They, they have a feeling Torres and or Voider are going to be gone soon. They're going to make a trade to try to get something for Torres. He's probably the only one with value there. Uh, but that's what it looks like our start infield is. Would you agree with that? Um, if Torrey stays, I think he'd be the starter and LeMahieu will play around the infield and play every day, basically. Um, but otherwise, yes. I mean, Torres is definitely going to be a trade ship to maybe bring in a center fielder or pitching or a little of both. And, um, I like what the Yankees have done. I do think the Yankees should have been all in on Freddie Freeman. Uh, I would like to see him go off to the kid from uh, Japan that we talked about last week. Um, I, I don't know how they let the Cubs beat him to that kid. He would have he would have been the answer in the outfield to, to the Aaron Hicks problem. I think so. Um, and, and the trade with the Twins, I'm not a huge Donaldson fan because I think he's on the backside of his career. I think 
Urshela is as good a player as as we talk about right now. But you had to get rid of you had to get rid of Sanchez, and you got yourself think, a short stop and a catcher. I don't think Urshela is good as Donaldson, Keith. I really don't. Yeah, I'll tell I you, is defensively. I'll tell you that think, much. Uh, wasn't Donaldson a friggin' uh, a golden glove? Urshela slipped defensively last year. He wasn't as Good. He was well, they bounced, good, around. Be- they bounced him around between shortstop and third base, which is going to affect him as well. But uh, I, I think, don't think at this point, I Donald. Just, is, I, think he, Donald I agree with what they're paying Donaldson for three years. I do agree with that. They're overpaying Gavin for three years at this point at age 36. Yeah. I, 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 but again, yeah, I don't think that's going to be a huge uh, difference maker. I mean, I like the fact definitely, that definitely a better bat. Definitely a better bat than your show. There's no well, Sanchez had to go. Sanchez had to go, and the kid they brought in to catch is a better, much better defensive player than Sanchez. He can. He's got a little pop in his bat. I like the kid they brought in to play shortstop, as you said, Kiner Falafa. Falafa, if I say his name right, Falafa, um, who probably will only play shortstop for a short period of time because I think one of the kids is going to come up, Falope or a, the other kids oh, escaping. They'll, they'll both be up soon. I, I got. To, I'll talk to you a little bit on that. Uh, yeah. Louie Gallo, you got in left field. Aaron Judge, minus the COVID issues with uh, Kinnan in New York, they better change that in New York. Or, Let's or, remember, or, nobody knows that Aaron Judge isn't vaccinated. People are jumping to a huge conclusion just because he won't answer the question. I don't think that's a done deal that he's not vaccinated. I, uh, I don't know, Keith. I think if he was vaccinated, he'd say he's vaccinated. I mean, I don't know. He may just say, say it's his private the business. I, I think Maybe. that'll get straightened out. This is an outdoor venue, and I think the city of New York will probably change their uh, opinion on this by the time the season starts. I hope so, because that would be ridiculous if you lost a player for a half the season because of uh, because of COVID requirements. Yeah, but yeah. well, there's, there's three guys on the Yankees, and I, I at least three on the Mets. They, you know, we don't know who they are, um, yeah. but again, it's it's gonna. We saw what happened with the Nets and and the Kyrie Irving. It's it's not a good way to approach the season if you can't play half the games. Not not at all. Um, so so our outfielders, of course, Gallo and 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 Judge. Center field still a big question mark. Uh, Guardy's a qu- big question mark. Uh, I heard rumors that they might try to move Stanton to back up first. I don't know. I mean, of mm. course, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, like I said, I follow a couple shows that are pretty much into it. So let's talk about the minors for for example for a, a quick minute here. Very interesting what's going on down there right now, Keith. Um, you got the two two major shortstops down there. You got Volpe and you got Peraza. Process, and, thank you. Yeah, and, and what what they're doing, according to uh, Star Spreading News, who's all over the minors, is they're starting Peraza at second uh, at no. at at the at the at the minors. What it looks like to me, they're doing is getting these two ready to come up together as the middle of the infield. So of course, Falaf is is a temporary thing. Whether Glaber, Glaber Torres stays or not, I don't think it's going to matter much. I think by next year, you might see a new. Uh, a new middle of the infield with with Volpe and uh, Volpe and and Peraza. You might see it as early as midseason. I think it's 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 possible. And I think both these kids, you know, look, you either got one really good blue chip shortstop and a trade chip, or you've got your second base and shortstop uh, combo for the for the next hopefully fifteen years. But we just said that doesn't happen anymore. But um, it's going to be interesting, and I want to see the kids play. This team needs an infusion of that type of youth and uh, excitement. You know, I'm tired of watching Stanton night after night, and Aaron Hicks, and 
you know, these guys are just, again. You are getting tired of watching Stanton with the year he had last year. I loved watching Stanton. He produced. Him and Judge were great last year. I want them to, I want Stanton to come back and do the same exact thing this year. Stanton's a one-dimensional player, and I, I, I he just. Played the, but he played the outfield. He's not a bad defense. He's not a liability in left field. He's he will adequate. Get, he, don't put him at first base. He'll get hurt over there in about. Well, a, who knows? Who knows how he might adjust? Listen, the Yankees had this precedent. They even put Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio at first base. Understood. <laughs> Understood. The old days, yeah. I, I just, I, again, I can't look at the team. Yes, nice year out of Stanton last year. Uh, but, again, I, there's no that something. There's just not a, a level of excitement when you watch the Yankees right now. I agree. I agree. And I think they need that infusion of youth, and I think it will serve the team well. They need an edge, Keith. They need some yeah. kind of edge out there. You know, it's all good. Good to be professional and nice and all this stuff, but once in a while you need an edge, and the Yankees need an edge out there. I don't care where they get it from, but they definitely need an edge because I'm tired of niceness and professionalism and losing and yeah. and, and they're going all the way and that's okay and we're we're competitive. You, you need some somebody up there that's going to come out and say, "Hey, screw this! I want to win the game and I'm going to be like." You need somebody, you know, like a uh, Lou Pinella or a you know yeah. uh, one of those kind type of players that come in and they're they want to win so bad it spreads to the rest of the team. And, One you know, World Series in 20 years is yeah. not okay for the New York yeah. Yankees. Yeah, you need, not. Some, you need some kind of change here in personnel. I'm not sure what they're going to do about that. They need another quality starting pitcher. They need I, Severino to have a big year. That's Severino's got to be healthy. For yeah. this team to compete, uh, uh, you know, seriously, Severino's got to be healthy. And, you know, we think he is, but he pitched, I don't know, what he pitched six innings last year. They were they were stellar six innings, but, well, you know. You know, gotta, you, you know guys, it. this is overlooked. But the Yankees had the best, the second best ERA in the American League last year with a terrible defense. This is overlooked. So, I mean, they don't have a bad pitching staff. They don't just have a complete pitching staff. And and if you're if you're up in the top three of the league, top two of the American the American League, and top three of of both leagues with a bad defense, maybe a good defense will help them out even more. So we'll see. Yeah, but happens. two of those guys are you know question marks as far as staying healthy and, and Severino and yeah, uh, I understand, I understand that, I understand that. I just I'm just is Chapman's closes rolling in any type of jeopardy at all? Maybe just a little bit. Um, it's possible because of the way that, uh, uh, Loiza got pitched last year that he could, uh, he'll, I think you'll see him finish some games. I don't think Chapman will be the only option, but I think Chapman's still the main guy because Loiza is so valuable, uh, using him at pretty much any point in the game, uh, when the game's on the line, he doesn't, and you know, that's the other thing about closers, right? Well, my job is to come in in the ninth inning to, and start, you know, that guy and Loisaga, that's why Loisaga is more valuable to me than Chapman is they bring him in when that game's on the line. It doesn't matter if it's a fifth inning or the ninth inning or the seventh inning when the game's on the line, that's when they get him in the game. And that's, that's the important thing to me. It doesn't matter who closes the game. It matters who shuts down the rally when the game's in jeopardy. And I think that's Loisaga. The biggest problem with the Yankees is their pitchers don't go deep enough and they wear out their bullpen before the season is over. And that's the biggest problem they have right yeah. now. 
And so anyway, so Keith, we got to let you go so we can get a quick commercial break and bring the Philly sports guy on. Thank you for all your information and knowledge, folks. Check out TGI Sports Talk. Fridays, Wednesdays, they have the college huddle. Fridays and Sundays, they have their regular shows. Normally, you'll see Carlos on there or sometimes Jim Berenger's on there. He has great guests, great show, great talk. Keith, thanks again for coming. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks, too, my friend. So there you go, folks. Keith Angle, TGI Sports Talk. And we're going to take our official timeout on the other side. On the other side, folks, the Philly sports guy himself, Jamie Paggs, who is standing at attention for some reason. I don't know if he's going to go marching or if he's going to sing a song for us. But we'll find that all out as soon as we get back here on the Mac and Jack Sports Show. Here comes the king, here comes the big number one. But why the beer, the king is second to none. Just say, but why the, you've said it all. Here comes the king of beer, so let your glasses here be gone. But why the beer's the one that's leading the rest. When you say but, and each aging makes it beer at its best. When you say but, one takes the value. When you hear the word asthma, you probably think of shortness of breath, coughing, or inhalers. Lots of things can trigger asthma, but the fact is that asthma doesn't just attack, it can kill. But with proper medical management, asthma is controllable. If you experience shortness of breath, wheezing, tightness in your chest, or persistent nighttime coughing, you may have asthma. See your doctor and get the facts. You'll breathe easier. For more information, call 211 InfoLine. A message from the Connecticut Department of Public Health. Keeping Connecticut healthy. <laughs> fermentation. Most brewers just ferment their beer once, but Schaefer is fermented twice. Once to make it beer, and twice to make it Schaefer. The one beer with flavor so fine, it keeps shining through glass after frosty glass. More than one fermentation is one reason, but of course there's more than one reason behind the one beer to have when you're having more than one. We all make choices. When it comes to alcohol, Kids make choices whether to drink or not. Bye, Dad. Bye-bye. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Hey, Ann, have a seat for a second. Remind me about that party again. Alex is just... And adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. They want guidance and honest answers to their questions. And it makes a difference when the message is consistent and part of everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. 
For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. I mean, you can see right now, without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate, all right? I know the Dallas Cowboys fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate this Oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball, they try very hard to ruin it. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, Brooklyn. Hey, isn't he? Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Mac and Jack Sports Show, our Friday edition. We're on live Thursday through Sunday, 8 to 10 a.m. on YouTube, Roku TV, and Facebook Live. And up next, folks, backstage right now, as I said, standing at parade rest, we have the Philly sports guy himself, uh, and we're going to bring him on and see what the heck's going on. Let's bring him up. Pags. Pags, what's going on? Good morning, guys. How are you? Where, where are Parade you rest. I ain't heard that saying since I was in the Navy. See? See, with a couple of military guys talking a little nonsense here. So where are you at, Pags? It's foggy as heck out there. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's really dense fog out here. I'm actually on a job site today. I'm helping out a friend of mine. Uh, you know, so there was a, a place that got completely demoed. And realistically, I kind of feel like that this is the Flyers right now. You're <laughs> going to see them get completely demoed here in the next couple of days. Okay. Hey, they won last night, Pags, right? They came from behind one. Uh, Ger- Gerard gets his, uh, I think I'm saying right, Peru? Peru. Uh, gets his thousandth win, uh, probably going to be traded. Uh, but it was kind of, quite a party for him over there. Uh, thousandth uh, game. Not yeah. Yep, his 1,000th game. Uh, and it's kind of apropos that he was able to happen. Uh, I mean, I was all in a Flyers uniform. He's the second longest tenured flyer of all time. Uh, he's, he's like third. He's in the top three on most of the lists for the Flyers. I mean, ultimately, Bobby Clark may have some more goals and, and points. But uh, for the most part, uh, Drew had nine, over 900 points in 1,000 games, which is pretty good. Does Giroux want to go? If he wants to stay, would he still have to go? So, no. I think he gets to make the call here. So, and ultimately, there was four teams on his list. Actually, originally, I only heard three. And then the fourth one, who looks like he's going to get traded to Florida, uh, was one of the late edition. And he's going to really get a chance to make a run in a cup. Yeah. But would it mean, how much would it really mean winning a cup with another team, not with the Flyers? I brought up the example to Mac of Reggie Miller. He had a chance to chase a ring at the end of his career, and he didn't want to because it wouldn't have meant the same as winning it as an Indiana Pacer. Well, you know, I, I feel like at certain points, like this team really underachieved this year and had a lot going wrong with it. And I feel that once you get... You know, he, he suffered a lot with this franchise. You know, over the last 10 years, it's been a lot to take on. And, you know, ultimately, after a 1,000 games, he was real close. He was at the sixth game of the finals, and they didn't do it. Uh, and he hasn't been able to get anywhere close since then. 
And I, I really feel like that it's he doesn't deserve to be on a team like this. He really does deserve to get a shot at the playoffs and such. And I feel like although it, it you know, if he was to win a cup with Florida or whatever team he goes on to after Florida this year, uh, of course he's always going to be a flyer. And it will, you know, be a little, you know, bittersweet that he wasn't able to do it with the Flyers. But I think ultimately, you know, most people, uh, most players are judged by the amount of rings. And to get your name on the cup is something that everybody wants to do. Everybody has dreamt about as a player to raise that cup over your head. And I think that there's a certain point that it doesn't matter for what team you do it. You just want to do it because you've been dreaming about it your entire life. Yeah, I, I guess that's true, but I do see Jack's point, too. I mean, you know, we've talked about it a lot, Pags, you know, the teams. Uh, you know, listen, Giroux is a flyer, right? He's This is going to be the last few years he plays probably, and I get it. Uh, and he's been with the Flyers a long. He's a flyer, you know, and, and Emmett Smith moved on, and a couple of the players have moved on late in their careers, uh, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that Peyton Manning's going to be thought of, a, of a, as a Bronco. He's always going to be a Colt. And, uh, you know, I can understand that to a point. Um, so right. And I, and I agree the same way. I mean, obviously, he is a flyer and will be a flyer. You know, like when he goes into the Hall of Fame and he will go into the Hall of Fame, he'll go in as a flyer. And mm-hmm. I, I would I, I would absolutely believe that they're going to sign him for even like a one day contract so that he would retire as a flyer. Uh, it's just like I said, he's 34 years old. Uh, he's given us. He's been on this team since the eight since he was eighteen. Right. So I mean, literally, I, I mean, I if the team was better, I would say then absolutely can't go nowhere, and I would expect that they would even resign him. But this team is about to go through a major rebuild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they did that with Jerry Rice. I think they did that with Emmett. They retired as the Cowboy. He retired as a Forty Nine er, even though he played for different teams at the end of the career. Uh, Talking about the NFL and free agent signings, uh, you guys picked up a pretty good linebacker, uh, Hassan Riddick. Uh, but there was a square there for a minute. It looked like you guys were releasing Fletcher Cox, and you did for like, uh, I don't know, half a day. And they, it looks like they re-signed him uh, for the salary cap purposes. So uh, it looks like Fletcher Cox is back with you. You've improved your defense, your pass rush. And really, the teams around you haven't got any better. Dallas lost a few players. The Giants really haven't picked up anybody significant uh, until the draft. And in Washington, they got, you know, Carson Wentz. So, I mean, I think the Eagles might even be favored to win the conference this year. Uh, well, I, I feel like they definitely have a much better chance than they did last year. Uh, obviously, we got to see how things go. Uh, I mean, I know that they, they – uh, let Fletcher Cox go. It's news to hear that he just resigned. He had to do that. Uh, it had to do it after nine o'clock this morning because uh, I didn't hear anything about it beforehand. So, uh, on my way, on my way out here today, I was listening and how they did let him go. And it was an, it was a cap situation. Right. He was, right. he was guaranteed $18 million. So they released him and then to resign him for about eight to 10. That makes sense. Cause it saves them $8 million in cap space. Yeah. I mean, I, I read it too. And, and they said, uh, I read that they were thinking that they were probably going to resign him. And from what I read, the last thing I read, they did resign him. So uh, it looks like he's still with you guys. Um, Hassan helped you guys out. Uh, I know Ward got signed to a one-year contract. He had a cornerback slash special teams guy uh, that that signed again. And then you got three first-round draft picks. 
uh, packs. Uh, you can get receivers. You can get line help. I mean, you guys got a lot of options this year uh, going into the first round. I agree. And my hopes are is that they'll go defensive line, offensive line, and cornerback. Uh, I know that they, uh, you know, I'd love for them to go out and pick a linebacker, like first-round talent linebacker, but that's just not what they do. Uh, they don't really put enough stock into the linebacker position. And the fact that Wagner still has not signed with anybody is intriguing to me because I feel like that they may be putting a play in for him. I know originally that the Cowboys were interested in him, but the Cowboys only have $5 million worth of cap space. Now, that may have changed since the whole Amari Cooper situation. But realistically, they don't have a lot of space to be able to deal with whatever they got to deal with. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Wagner's not what he was. He's more of a situational, maybe first, second down linebacker. He's a little old in the, old in the tooth, but he's still a tremendous tackler. I mean, he's still a great and a great leader. So any team getting him would be, would be lucky, I think. So I agree. And especially because of the way that the linebacker position has been so exposed uh, for the Eagles over the years. Uh, that it really, to have somebody who's a veteran leader, even if, if he's, you know, 70% of what he was five years ago, is still a, a thousand times better than what we had. And that's what I feel like is, is really important. Very true, very true. Now, Bobby, I think Bobby Wagner went to the Pro Bowl this past season. So, I mean, to say it's a little long in the tooth. I mean, I put him in the category of Von Miller, maybe not the force he once was, but a pretty darn good player. He would help the Eagles an awful lot. with. What I mean, he was a nine-time Pro Bowler. So, I mean, you don't make it to the Pro Bowl nine times yeah, without being good. Yeah, 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 it's true. So uh, maybe the Eagles aren't done in free agency, but like I said, them three first-round draft picks and the things they can do with that are, are incredible. So uh, we'll see. Uh, how much the better the Eagles get after the draft. Um, Villanova's playing Delaware. Uh, Villanova, they're playing the Delaware Blue Hens. Now, if the Blue Hens beat you, I will be laughing at you and Villanova. I mean, there's no way the Blue Hens should beat Villanova. But as we saw yesterday, anything can happen, Pat. Hey, Kentucky lost. Yeah. Yeah, two to 15. Uh, you know, and... and I don't think the Blue Hens got it. You know what I mean? It's just, they just, you know, it's their first time being in there for a, in a long time. I mean, I think they've been in the dance before, but it's been a number of years. Jay Wright, Jay Wright prepares his teams to start to peak right around now. So I fully expect that Villanova is, uh, doesn't take them lightly, but doesn't have any issues today either. <laughs> the Blue Hens, where do they come up with these names? How is that supposed to be even intimidating? I mean, the blue end. Um, Tags, uh, I wouldn't even want to play. If I was a player, I'd be like, if you don't change your name, I'm not coming there. Um, let's talk well, you know what? I, I, have a, I have a bunch of friends that actually graduated from the University of Delaware. Uh, and that blue head mascot, it looks pretty mean. That is a mean. It's a mean looking. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Delaware, uh, that. Jets re-signed Joe Flacco for second go-around to be a backup quarterback. He was a quarterback at the University of Delaware. Yes, he was. Overall. So I thought Who knows, right? I mean, you never know. There could be some mean blue hens out there. Um, Pags, one, one other major thing for you. Um, and the Phillies uh, signed Schwaber, right? And Schwaber has a – I mean, bats over 260, knocks in over 30, 30 cent home runs, drives in – 
70-something RBIs. He's got some power. He's got some pop in his bat. He's a decent hitter. I mean, you could use him almost anywhere in the lineup. Um, is he an everyday player? Is he a DH? Uh, uh, I can see him with Hyper, uh, Harper, sorry, giving you guys uh, a kind of a one-two punch there. Uh, what do you think about that signing? Me, personally? Yes. I think they gave him too much money. Okay. Uh, I'll be 100% honest. I was not really uh, – out of all the people that they could have gotten – the fact that they got Schwarber kind of uh, was like, really? And to give him $80 million, I feel it's like overpaying him. Truth of the matter is, is that really, you know, those numbers that you talked about are all from last year. He's a career 240 hitter who hits a home run every 20 at-bats. So the fact that, you know, but he is a Met killer. So that's the one thing that he has going for him. Uh, I, obviously, he may have gotten into his swing. I, I feel like he's going to be a DH because he really is a defensive liability. So I, my expectation is, is that he's here to DH most of the time and maybe play a little bit of first or outfield, wherever they can put him at and hide him because he's going to be a defensive liability. I, I, I felt that they went a little overboard, but truth of the matter is, is that that's what happens in baseball now. You get paid a lot of money to not necessarily do so great. If you could, what, what would you uh, want the Phillies to do uh, – I mean, uh, they did get a closer, or not closer, but helping the bullpen for you guys. What would, what, what would be the Phillies' biggest need to you right now that they gotta they gotta fix? A true number four starter or a three starter. The truth of the matter is, is that when there was Kershaw was still available before he resigned with the Dodgers, I thought that that was a little intriguing. I know that Kershaw is on the downside of his career. However, I thought that for like a one or two year deal, you could bring him in here. And that it would move Nola to be a number three starter. I think Nola as a number two starter is good. Hopefully he has a rebound year from last year. Obviously Wheeler is our number one. But Nola is not, I don't believe, is that number two stuff anymore. I feel like he's a number three. Uh, and he would be a good, really good number three. A great number four. But he's not. He's Now he's a number two, which kind of just is like, okay. So I feel like they still need starting pitching. Uh, if they're going to move Ranger Suarez over to the starting pitcher, that means they're going to need more bullpen help. Uh, and, and the bullpen has been the bane of the Phillies' existence over the last few years. You know, again, last year they had more blown saves in the first half of the year than most teams had all year long. So I, I, I really think that they still need some work to do. And, it, you know, all of that would kind of change. If you put Chris Bryant in this lineup, now, I don't know. Last I heard, he was still unsigned. I know that the Rockies no, were going the after Rockies him pretty hard. Them. The they them they did sign him? Yes. I was kind of busy yesterday, so I didn't hear. Uh, and I just, seven-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. If, uh, then it, once he's off the table now, uh, you know, I, I still feel like that they could use another bat. I mean, the Phillies score runs. That's the one thing they do. The problem is, is that they like to give up runs in the last in the last part of the game. So seventh, eighth, and ninth inning has been their problem. So as if they could figure out some way to be able to stop the bleeding during those innings and score as many runs as they did last year, you should see 88 to 90 win. Now, is that really going to happen? I hope. Uh, I mean, I, I think I think the East is going to be is going to be a lot more competitive over this year. The Mets made some big moves, of course. The Rays picked up Olson, let Freeman go. He's a younger version of Freeman to me, uh, so that didn't hurt him really any. 
and, and and of course the Braves got a decent pitching staff. So between you, the Braves, and and the Mets, it should be a, a heck of a race out there. Hopefully, uh, well, if you look on paper, it looks like the Mets are the team to beat. Yeah. But you know, but I feel like I say that every year about the Mets, and the Mets are the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, but the Mets lost a couple of key guys, Stroman and Syndergaard as well. So you look at their pickups, but we don't look at the guys they lost. True. Well, yeah, True. exactly. And, and I, I mean, again, another guy who got paid way too much money, the, you know, the pitcher over there. I mean, I, again, he's a little bit of a Philly killer, but now he's playing for the Mets, which makes me feel like so was DeGrom. DeGrom was great against the Phillies, but when they, don't, when they took him out, the Phillies were able to beat up the bullpen. And DeGrom, I think, only won one game out of the four he pitched against the Phillies that they lost the other three starts that he had. If of course, DeGrom, he didn't get charged for it. If but... becomes a free agent, I think the Phillies will jump all over him. I mean, well, I'd like to see that. Uh, and as if he becomes a free agent, he may re-sign with the Mets, especially since they gave all that money to uh, Scherzer. I mean, my expectation is they're going to give the money to DeGrom. I mean, he's only been the best pitcher for the last three years. Yeah, there's. I would. I would. With, with their owner, they have there. I don't think he'll go anywhere. So, uh, I I would agree with that. Uh, anything else going on with the soccer or uh, uh, any other Philly sports that we don't really cover all the time? That that. So uh, so that uh, obviously the Union have a big match against. Uh, New York this week up in Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium is used as a soccer field every once in a while. And uh, it's the worst soccer field in Major League Soccer. So, uh, But uh, this team, uh, that team won the MLS Cup last year. So this year now, it's like I said, it's uh, the Union is going up to get an early test. Obviously, they're 2-0-1 so far. So they're, they're right now number one in the conference. Uh, right be and right behind them is New York. Still early in the season, though. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, hopefully everybody got to see uh, and learn a little bit about arm wrestling last Saturday. Yeah. yeah, we were able to show that not for nine hours. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I obviously I wasn't competing, but uh, I did I did do some afterwards. Yeah, because yeah. uh, like I said, those guys those guys are always asking me, "Hey, why aren't you why aren't you competing?" I'm like, "Well, somebody's got to run the cameras." Yeah, so, right. but it was. It was a lot of fun. Is Philly still in love with this James Harden deal? Has it worn off a little bit? Well, you know what? I think that there has been a, a little bit of concern about Embiid and some of the things that he's been doing as of late. You know, he's been carrying the team for so long, and now it kind of looks a little bit like he's tired. I mean, when I see him out there, uh, he's kind of bending over, hands on his knees. Uh, it, it's a little bit lethargic. He's going to the ground a little bit more frequently, and that kind of makes a little concern for me. Uh, I, I feel like Harden is growing into the offense, and it's going to take a little bit of time, and Harden understands that. So he's not going full bore right now. But Joel is going for an MVP. So, and... My expectation is is that he's going all out right now, and hopefully that seven-day window where they get to take a break because they're figuring out the 8-10 to 10 spot, or 6-10, to 10, uh, that he can rest up a little bit and get himself ready to go for this final push. Because yeah. it's not going to mean anything. You know, I mean, there's a good chance right now that we're going to wind up in the number two spot. That could be where the Nets go. And uh, they have a first series against the Nets, a second series against 
Milwaukee, and then a third series against the Heat. Well, that, that, this playoffs is not going to be a simple playoffs to go through, and they're going to need every bit, every ounce of energy from you know their starting their starting group. So right, it's right. going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting playoff run. Any any new news on the NFL draft? You guys got anything going besides what we had last year? You reporting from the draft? Is there anything else in the works? We're working on a couple of things that I'd like to be able to say is guy. I'd like to be able to say we're going to be able to do. I haven't got them uh, 100% finalized yet, but the moment I do, everybody will know. Uh, but you know me, I always like to keep things exciting. I don't ever let any grass grow underneath my feet. So we're going to be doing a lot of different things. I'm going to have a lot of interviews, a lot of, sh a lot of different uh, spending time doing, like getting people involved, hopefully getting uh, some of the teams involved, uh, also some of the super fans from around the areas. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of reporting from there. Plus, it's Vegas. You know, so it's going to be a lot of fun just in general, just seeing what they're able to do and how they're going to do it there. I mean, I was there in Nashville, was there in Cleveland, watched it in Philadelphia. Dallas, I kind of thought was a little so-so because everything was in the stadium. But I, I feel like Vegas is going to have to yeah, you know, Nashville, I thought, was a great, great time, and the way they did it was amazing. I want to see how Vegas is going to compare to that. Yeah, you, you know Vegas is going to be fun, if nothing else, Pags. You know that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I got I, I have to turn, put on my gambling hat because I'm trying to get in a poker game. I'll have to tell you more about that once I get everything finalized, but we are looking to try to have a uh, 32, every team got, put together all at one poker tournament and uh, to give uh, for the World Series of the NFL. Ooh, all right. Sounds like fun, Pags. Pags, let me let you get back to work. The fog is starting to break a little bit behind you. So uh, you have a good time. I know how it feels, buddy. I know how it feels to work. Uh, I, I know all about it. And like I said, it's a construction site. If I turned around to show you, there was a building where, you know, Behind, well, at the other side of me, I, I figured I'd show it this way. It's a lot nicer to look at. <laughs> All right, my friend. Have a great day, Pax. Thanks for coming out again. All right, take care, guys. Take it easy. So there you go, folks. The Philly sports guy. Always fun having him on. Always doing something. Always chasing Philly sports and the biggest events. As as he talked about, he brought us the arm wrestling live uh, from Philadelphia Winter Blast, and uh, it was very, very well received. Uh, a lot of views on that, so really good and fun. Jack, if you don't, you got anything else you want to go before we split here? So anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm good, Max. So much is going on in sports. I mean, it's hard to keep track. It has me busy, Mac. I feel like I'm in a race. I'm running from behind and straining to catch up with the lead pack. Yes, and 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 I mean, even with Pax, I don't blame him. He missed the part about Chris Bryant signing with the Colorado Rockies. Normally, that would be a big signing, but yeah. so much is going. On. I, you know, I didn't even know Evan Ingram, the giant tight end, was signed. You know, it's with the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars now until a day later. Yeah. That's how yeah. much is going on. I mean, it's hard to keep up, and especially no March Madness, things are changing by the moment, and that the NFL. The lockout ending in baseball, the hockey trade deadline. Wow, I mean, it's yeah, so much is happening, but it's all good stuff. 
Jack, I keep hearing fire engines behind you. You're okay over there, right? Nothing's on fire by you. Oh or... yeah, yeah, I'm okay. A lot, a lot of noise here. You know, <laughs> I, I thought maybe, here. I thought maybe your place was on fire, and you'd be the uh, soldier you were. You're still hanging in there while smoke is around you. So, uh, I appreciate. No, that. I would, I wouldn't wait till the last minute to escape because uh, I'm doing the show with you, man. Okay, I got my right. priorities straight. <laughs> All right, okay, Jack. Folks, thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with the debate show with Dr. Paul Simmendinger, 8 to 10 a.m. Always a great time having the doc in. And then Sunday, of course, we do This Week in Sports with Jim Jeffcoat, where we'll have a lot of guests in again talking about the biggest news in sports. And boy, there's been a lot of big stories, and we'll try to filter through everything and roughage through everything to give you the biggest stories. Thanks for joining us, folks. Have a great Friday night and enjoy a boatload of games in college. Have a great night.